everybody, and welcome back to another show of the cool, 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 cool down. And today, I've got, I've got the three legends here, the most loyal of fans. We've got Nick Stothard, the tune, the king of the north, the man who's very happy because a great result on the weekend for him. We've got Selo, Kale, Lolo. I don't know, Lolo, Selo, I'm not too sure. He can, he can school us in terms of what he prefers, but Man United dropped some points. Um, then we've got Wonga Denga, the Denganator, Dengasaurus, you know how it is. Welcome back, Wonga. Your team also dropped some points along with my team. So actually, the only real winner here on the weekend was Nick. Nick. Hey, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a surprise. That's a surprise. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's one of those where, I, normally it's the other way around, but uh, it's all good. At least someone has won. You know, I think it's, 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 it helps, it helps uh, for, 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 for the morale of the, of the of the squad that uh, we've got a win on the show. <laughs> with nine men, we... eh? With nine men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with nine men. Yes, that's perfect. You have to keep oh, really retweeting that, day. That's the only thing Nick has been saying in the group. With nine men. With nine men. With nine men. It's like... Shame, man. And they, they caught Southampton at the right time, I think. They, they, it was like they're playing the blind school. They really just didn't weather the, the storm on and off the pitch. Um... Nick is gone now. He just got too excited. I think he's still busy celebrating. That's what's going yeah. on there. Yeah, he's a bit frozen. He's a bit frozen. He was like, and then I got, you know, cut. Yeah, I got cut there. But Wonga, Aston Villa, Arsenal. It wasn't a good one for you guys. No, it wasn't. Um, I mean, you heard last, me last week saying we're going to win the game. <clears throat> it was, it was belief. Um, and also, I just, I just felt the, uh, the way we were, the way we were playing. I just thought. I really thought that we would um, uh, pounce on that, um, but I mean, I think us conceding early uh, and, uh, didn't help. It was it was an unfortunate deflection. I think I mean Matt Ryan was was good in goals. I could have been three four no, um, yeah. um, if he didn't save those balls. Um, the, some of the saves he did were, were really really good. Um, so um, yeah, congratulations to him because he had a, he had a good game. Uh, but. Look, I mean, listening to Mikhail Teta, he was saying, I mean, he said that, and it seems like everyone asked now, I mean, look, I've checked their website, I've, I've looked at, and I looked at the, the press conference afterwards, yeah, and he says that they played, uh, he feels that they played well. Um, not, okay, not well, let me see his words, really. they dominated um, many, many parts of the game. Um, Position-wise, yeah, I think we had 60-something, I think we had 30 uh, thirty some no thirty something yeah, so but I just don't see how we we dominate. Well, I watched the game. I, I couldn't see how we dominated um, the game. I don't think I saw anything clear. Um, we, we, we Arsenal. I mean, look the, the game before uh, we played the game before. I think there were more clear opportunities. I think we dominated there. Uh, didn't get the result, but this one I, I didn't see us dominate. I think Aston Villa were were well deserved winners uh, despite getting that. Uh, it was a uh, um, a fortunate call, but I mean they could have scored on many other opportunities. Yeah, I mean you say you say but, it was a fortunate goal, Wonga, but like you know, I'm looking at it and I've got some instances there. There were at least two highlights of that game where the actual goal in the first place it comes from a position where there's absolutely zero danger. Zero danger. The ball gets played forward. Um Morales should be dealing with it. He plays the ball to Cedric. Cedric plays the ball out wide for some reason. Doesn't play directly to him. Maybe because mm. that uh, what's his name was behind him, Watkins. So he, he, yeah. he doesn't play the ball directly to him. Torre gets onto the end of it. And by doing that, he pulls him out wide. And then he isolates holding there one-on-one. Literally one-on-one. But for me, the most concerning thing was the reaction of all the players. 
it was just so slow and lethargic that you know they allowed that to happen. Then he gets beaten on the outside, and then again he gets that shot near. Sure, it's a deflection. But the amount of time and space he gets in the six-yard box for me was absolutely criminal. And that wasn't the only instance that that happened. There was another chance which Ari gets that he does the same sort of thing. They're ball-watching and Shaka again, criminal. There's, it's Shaka, it's your whole back four. They're all just ball-watching. And he manages to slip through. All it is, one touch through, through the two center halves. And then he decides to go for a dink. And then, unfortunately, Ari makes the wrong decision there. But those sort of scenarios, yeah. when you're looking at it and you're going – for a man, for a coach, he sets himself up very precise and very structured. There seems to, I don't know if it's because he's changing the back four, or I'm not sure what it is, but there seems to be a lack of communication, especially when you've got two holding midfielders that are meant to be covering. They're not doing it. Yeah, you see, look, I, and I agree with you on that. The first goal, yeah, if you, if you look at it from that point of view, um, yeah, they, they were very, I mean, they, they weren't I mean, disciplined at all at the back and it led to that. When I say the, the, yeah, the deflection itself was fortunate, but let's say, I mean, if you do think about it, we actually caused ourselves um, that issue. We shouldn't have actually gotten to that point. But, and again, when you, again, the the, the, the holding, I mean, uh, what's his name? The, the, our, our holding midfielders, what's his name? Shaka. Again, defensive-wise, uh, look, going, I mean, he's got a good left foot, can't deny it. He's, uh, he's got a good shot, uh, good on set pieces, he can help us there, but... Now, set pieces and stuff are only going to happen, whew, I mean, only maybe say, let's say one, two minutes in a game. The rest of the time, the eight, eight minutes, I mean, what, what's the value to Shaka at there? That's, that's my question. Um, and they, I mean, things, it's very, very, very slow reactions. Um, not just him in the game, but I mean, there were many people. But what's, what's surprising for me is that what I say is, is, uh, is Arteta, you know, I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> what is he saying when he says that we, we were, we were dominating. I checked the stats and they've got more shots on target than us. You know, and at the end of the day, that, that's what matters. You know, they had more shots on target. Uh, I think they had more. I think we had more goal attempts, but only like two, two, two or one more. Um, so it's, it was pretty even out. But watching the game, Aston Villa, we're, we're a better team. Watkins, hey, big ups to that, that guy. Was, um, he's, he's on form. Apparently, he's an Arsenal supporter because he's flipping killing us. <laughs> he's good. an Arsenal um, supporter. He's sending, he's sending you guys a message there, boy. Come fetch him. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I like the guy. Uh, wouldn't mind him in our team. But yeah, I don't think uh, that would be, be the right move for him, especially if you, if you look at the log. <laughs> wouldn't make um, any sense <laughs> when, for him. When an Arsenal uh, fan says, please, uh, you're going to ruin your career if you come join us now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the interesting thing is. Uh, so I saw I saw some, uh, someone posting a, a log table. You know, Arsenal um, are top of the, the the bottom half. Oh, nice! Well, that's uh, a positive. Yeah, that's a positive. Number, <laughs> you know, the number number one, number one of the bottom half, man. You know, uh, yeah, bro. And so the, the worst get... thing is, yeah, I was gonna say. So the worst thing is that you know I look at the log and like I think it was uh, it was before we played. I think we were ten. And I'm like, okay, if we win, we can go and go up a few places. But then look yeah. at the other teams ahead of us. We we are playing. We, there's no game in hands we have. I don't say Everton had a game in hand. Leeds have a game in hand. Everyone else has a game in hand. Aston Villa's game in hand. Everton has game in hand. Bro. Imagine has game in hand. We do not have no, no, game in no, hand. No, 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 no. We are, we are, we are on the oh, same as we now. We're on the same oh, Leeds, sorry, Man City. Man City, Man City. Man, Man City, City, yeah. Man City. Man City, yeah. Oh, no, Man City, yeah. No game in hand. Nothing. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to say it now. When I look at Arsenal now, I think I, 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 just to be just to be, so that I'm sane, 
Um, it's, this is, is no, this year, definitely, I think the best thing for us is that we, we, we don't make Europe. I think up to this stage, um, in terms of Europe, it's, it's, it's a big blow. Um, I honestly think, uh, I don't know, uh, obviously now the players he has uh, will want to make Europe, but I think it'll be a, probably a blessing in disguise if we miss Europe for a year and okay. try and pull this team. Honestly, okay. I think so. Because we just that up and sense. down, up and down, up and down. But then but question to you though, Wonga, question to you though. I see mm. Saliba's just been named Player of the Month for Nice. Yes. He's come out, he's recently come out saying Arteta didn't give him a chance. I think he said he looked at him with two games and he said he's oh. very frustrated being a big money signing, coming into the club with all the hype of the fans and the expectation and not being given a chance. So in terms of moving mm. forward in the summer, and we know it's <laughs> going to be a rebuilding sort of process. But what happens with a player like him now who's actively speaking out technically towards the coach, also yeah. the hierarchy of the club, and we know what happened with Uzel. So technically, you've spent £30 million, and I just don't see this as a positive move for the player or the clubs. I don't know what your thoughts are uh, regarding that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because when... I mean, I tried to look on this, uh, this alibish. I didn't, I didn't hear much. I didn't hear that he said that. But I remember Arteta before... Uh, him giving reason as to why Saliba was playing and it wasn't playing. And he said his reason was, I think he didn't like the player, but he, he, he felt that he, he, he wasn't uh, ready. And he said that it, this, was, this was, it was something that was agreed uh, between, it wasn't just his view, it was something that was agreed upon between him and, I mean, obviously his agents and everyone involved in this, uh, in this Saliba a uh, uh, transfer. So he's, but basically, every, every stakeholder involved was was informed that look, and was also understanding to that that look, this guy needs more game time um, as a player. Um, and I think Saliba even himself. But I mean, now obviously that's that's what he says, and Saliba's coming out to say this. The, sh- the shocking so, part, man, is Arsenal had already qualified for for the knockout phase in the Europa League, um, going to that last mm. game. Play mm. the guy. Play the kid. You, sure. you you act like and they, and they act like. He, what do you mean he's not ready? You know what I mean. This 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 kid, I uh, was playing for Saint Etienne, um, and obviously was a, was a regular starter for Saint Etienne. Um, you know he was obviously competing with uh, uh for final who's now at Leicester. You know what I mean. He got. I think he probably got, uh, you know the 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 the, the most the most amount of um appearances more than uh, for Fana, You know. Um, and it's and it's and it's crazy. Um, hey, I see. I see um, someone's mentioning the Saliba video. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, don't go look at it. Um, yeah, man, it's a it's a so, it's a video it's a video of when he was younger. Uh, I think playing probably like for France under twenty ones or France under twenties or something. And yeah, yeah, man, I think it's um, yeah. Let's just let me just leave it. So, <laughs> but I mean, just to, to answer uh, Claudia's uh, question, it'll be. Um, to be honest with Claudia, I, I, I really don't know how they'll, they'll respond. Um, I think, kind of, I think the kind of person that Tete is, I think he's someone that would put it behind him. But uh, given that whole Mesut Uzo situation and the way Mesut also also handled it uh, from from the onset, from when they 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 uh, from when they dis- they took him from when they stopped playing him, um, then they left him out the, the team. Um, we were losing bottom of the log still didn't play him he left still uh, said thank you to Arsenal said even, even till this day now I mean everyone's seen that look he says he's a he's an Arsenal man 
Um, and I think in the end, he played his cards right uh, in, in terms of doing that. Uh, but I mean, even him, I, I feel that probably there's also some, there's a reason why he's done that all the way to the end. Um, and said, "Look, this uh, and played and um, played played it out that way." Uh, in terms of Saliba, if that's what he, I don't think it's too bad in terms of what he said. I mean, if he's if he's especially if he's speaking facts, um, if he says the guy don't want yeah. to play. And but remember, he's a young there. player, so I don't know who his agent is. But you got to nip that shit in the bud. You don't want the guy going rogue and possibly ruining this. Look, the agent's getting paid regardless. Yes, yes. But, but you know, there are just certain things that players need to be coached on, and I think him doing that's yeah. probably not advised. He's speaking from the yeah. heart, and that stuff needs to be somewhat nipped in the bud. But Wonga, sure. before we move on to the next game, Udegaard, Udegaard has a chance towards the end. I think maybe that's what Arteta is referring to, and he's like, "Oh, we were better, and we had a chance." That chance was really as good as what, yeah, half chance, right? So look, just no, making no, it was, nothing. Look, it was a good chance. I, I don't deny it was a very good chance. Um, Give that to give that to Mo Salah. Give that to to to, to Sadio Mane. Um, and I think a, a couple of more people probably would have put that in the back of the net. Um, genuine. That that was a very very good chance for us to actually equalize. Um, but again, I don't think you can base the whole performance on that one chance. Um, I think Aston Villa was a better team that uh, that game. Uh, to be honest with you, um, they deserved the win. They fought for it. Uh, but. Also, what also I don't understand. I'm just trying to look at what I we know. We've always complained about it every week, and we'll move on. But uh, the there was there was an incident in the box with Lacazette. I don't know if you guys saw. Martinez grabbed him, like grabbed him on the shirt from the other side, even, and pulled yeah. uh, Lacazette down with him during uh, I think it was a corner. Pulls him onto the floor, like it, it was a clear foul in the box. That's definitely with the red card. Was the red card a yellow card? I don't care. But that was a penalty. It's a penalty in the box. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. Guy, I'm right? laughing. I'm laughing. Yeah. Conspiracy. Why is that not showing the highlights? Like, if you go see the highlights, that's not but, something they showed. So you're talking about it, but then it showed that. Exactly my point. That's exactly my point. So you see, what's VAR there for? It's only so. Like, you remember, you remember when we played against um, we played against Man United. Um, uh, I think you remember Celo Bruno Fernandez grades. Uh, Shaka on the on the ankles, grated him right. Mm. Mm. Surely, guys, if that was a red card incident for me, if okay, at, at at let's say at least let's say it was a yellow card at least, but for me that's a red card. Shaka doesn't do anything, doesn't go down, doesn't roll on the floor, but yeah. they look at the situation again and they can see it's dirty. Now people ask, okay, what if the roles are reversed? What if Bruno Fernandez? What if Shaka does that to Bruno Fernandez? Or Bruno Fernandez goes down. Bruno Fernandez goes down, rolls on the floor. And he's probably making it look like he's in the worst agony. The ref says, what's going on here? Let's go check VAR. Now he says, let's go check VAR. Then gets a red card off the field because that's what probably would have happened if they look at the incident again. Um, who was it this Just, weekend? Also, they checked the VAR situation. Um, it's, hypo- it's, it's hypothetical. It's hypothetical. Yeah, that's hypothetical. I get it. No, I get it. That's hypothetical. It is hypothetical. You're right. But that's what I'm saying. Then Chelsea as well. Chelsea now, they, uh, those one-on-one, uh, Bavona goes around the keeper. Pass the ball yeah. around. Mm. Ref goes to VAR, checks it, and then uh, they only, only because now they 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 obviously because now the ball is in that situation they they go and check VAR. Everyone's seen it. But my question is now, why don't they do that all the time? Why isn't there someone checking what's happening? No, uh, but we can't, in, check, in we, can't check it. We, we can't check every incident. We can't check. But every what's incident. the point of VAR? 
but, no, it's a bullshit. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a bullshit. It's a check any uh, obvious mistakes. So obviously, a penalty is something that's going to change the the complexion of the game. So you can't be checking okay. something outside the, outside the box that's going to be a yellow card. You can like only check something that's going to be a red card. No, I didn't watch the game, so I wouldn't know what, what you're yeah. talking about. But, but so, okay. so, so so it's very so, clear. So, if you go on see, it's very I'm clear. talking about a red a red a red card offense. Or a penalty. Mm-hmm. Those are two things that change the game. So obviously the other team will be down to ten men, or the other the, the, the team that obviously uh, maybe got tackled in the box will get a penalty. You know what I mean? So those are the two decisions that that we do call. You know, a big. Obviously an offside is also big. But then now for for someone to challenge um, Granite Shaka, Granite Shaka is a strong man. He didn't feel anything. He didn't go down. Ah, uh, you know, no, no, no. Now so, you want him so to fall because he doesn't man. fall. No, 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 wait, But certain players don't, don't want to fall, and, and it's okay. And, and we respect them for not falling. And certain players fall, fall quicker than others. You know what I mean? We know that... No, 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 Shaka did fall. fall. When they created him, Shaka Salah did fall. Will, will fall. Shaka you know did fall when they created fall. But the problem here, Wambi, is that is that the world just doesn't respect Shaka. You don't respect Shaka. Now you want us to give him something. That's just how it is, unfortunately. Like you said, these players have perceptions and things. That's what it is, unfortunately. Guys, Nick is honest, joining see, twice. This, this, <laughs> is, this is the same thing. This is the same thing that I'm saying happens. Is that, is that no one even cares? A few days I was very consistent. I can't even lie to you, especially with those incidents. Nick, hold on, hold on, Nick. hold on, hold on. Nick, Jeepers. dude, Nick's what just coming Nick? here. He, <laughs> the man is throwing. He's like, we've spoken about Arsenal for far too long. It's time to talk about the team that only wanted nine men, and that's what's going on here. It's like time to change the subject. Am I right, Nick? Yeah, I don't know what's going on here, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Nick, um, now that you've made the few people that are watching our show deaf and you've confused us, let's talk about your game because Wonga's actually upset. He didn't get to finish his point. Yeah, you're entering now. 3-2 Southampton. Like I said, the weather, it was, it was a perfect sort of Premier League game in a way, you know, end-to-end. Nice. The ball was wet. The field was wet. There were tackles coming yeah. in. There were passes being made. Can yeah. you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm really technical issues. Uh, it's all good, it's all good. I'm not, obviously, I'm not happy uh, still. Uh, <laughs> the man is still not happy. Wow, because, yes, win. Because you wanted the team to lose. Listen, okay, we're 15 points from safety, so I'm happy about that. But if I'm going to be very honest with you, you know, we. We played against a very, and when I say a poor, poor, poor Southampton team, they are honestly, I, I, honestly, I haven't seen a team play like that against not even 11 players, let alone nine, uh, like this season, uh, if I'm very honest with you. Um, you know, we we were very average in the second half specifically. Um and yes, we played a lot better than they did. I mean, we were much better than them. Three goals up at, at halftime. Yes, they did score. Minimino scored um, due to probably our mistake. Um, but I mean, just some of the changes, just just typical Steve Bruce. You know, you've got Callum Wilson, our top goal scorer, going off. And then you bring on Jollington when you've got, you've got uh, Gail on the bench and you've got Andy Carroll on the bench. It just typifies the sort of man that that this guy is and the coach that he is, and um, and why I'm why I'm so upset about this is because we suffered for a good, call it thirty six thirty seven minutes. Ten men first, and then um, 
following that, obviously, the nine men at 17 or 18 minutes to go. Um, listen, it's great to get a good result. Uh, I think if it was a better team, you know, if they moved the ball a little bit quicker, the conditions were horrendous. Uh, they would have put us to the sword. But we literally had two banks of four. We had a back back four and a, a midfield four, and we just shuffled for, for 17, 18 minutes. Um, what that says about the actual players, are they fighting for Steve Bruce? Maybe they are. Um, but I personally think they might also just be fighting for whoever else comes in once he maybe gets the sack. Um, but it is, it is, it is, it is a good sort of, um, if, if you want to look at it as it is good character from the players, you know, sort of showing that they, they can stick it out and they are capable. Um, unfortunately we were, we lost, uh, another center half. I think we, we're down to one. I think we've got one healthy center half in um uh who is it kieran clark who's back because his wife he was not there the last game his wife um his wife was having a baby so uh i don't know if you guys saw fabian shah done his uh, i think it's his acl or his mcl yeah, so he stretch might, it off uh, mm. yeah he might be and i blame him as well actually if you saw how it happened he took a free kick like a stupid free kick. They should have had a red card. Uh, Benerick should have been sent off. Uh, but anyway. Mm, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> really? I saw that. I Omeron, would Omeron not have gone? Uh, is, who's quicker than Omeron on that pitch in that position? I don't know. Mm, there was still a lot to know. do. And I think there was another man coming. He wasn't. He was, he was, kind of, he was last man. But I don't, think, I don't think it was a red card offense, man. Like yeah. if you get a red card for that, I think that was a hard, it would have been harsh. It would have been similar that's to more, this sort that's of, more of a red card than, that's more of a red card than what he got the week before, to be fair. Um but yeah, yeah obviously yeah. up for discussion. But anyway, he takes that free kick and then he absolutely duffs it and then he goes into a challenge and then half us. But did you see yeah. that challenge though? Half ass yeah. challenge, that's how I got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh Obviously disappointing from that end, but the, the pro probably the positives is we don't need to really rely on Wilson as much as we did because we've got a maximum back who is terrorizing defenders. Uh, Almiron is coming to form where he looks very, very dangerous. Um, and then you've got a Joe Willock who comes in and he looks very lively. He wants to get... As, as, Richard, says, as Richard says, it's a step up from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah well. step up from Arsenal. Oh, Arsenal can't from score Arsenal. on the weekend, and he goes straight into a Newcastle side, and he scores. I love that. And he bangs it in. You know, you know what? You know what's interesting, Mondo, and, and and what I liked about him, and I was just trying to think of how he would set up in a Arteta type style, but he looks like a player that does want to press, and he will work for the manager. So it is a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit surprised because, especially at his age, and. You know, he is willing to get into the box to to sort of try and get himself about and potentially get a goal. And that proved it. You know, maybe they were playing against a week in Southampton, but, you know, the goal was actually so textbook training style, you know, getting down the line, pulling your fullback out of place and whipping it back 45 degrees. And that there's your, there's your centre midfielder coming in uh, with a late run and, and scoring. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of chuffed from that that sense. I am a bit concerned if Wilson's out. We needed to win that. We've got Chelsea next. We've got Man United next. More than likely, zero points. Um, so, you know, we need to we need to start gathering them. You know, we, we probably, what, five wins away uh, from safety um, with, what, 
probably 15 games. So we got to win a third of our games to try and try and survive. Um, I haven't changed how I feel about Steve Bruce. He's an absolute donkey. He well, doesn't know. But what you're right, saying. though, Nick. But you're right, though. Firstly, I think you're right about the Willock sort of thing. Because even after his post-match interview, you could see that the guy was buzzing. He was excited to be yeah. there. He was excited to be getting game time for a club to like start. Newcastle. I mean, you to keep start. talking, yeah, to start. And so, so that's he's ready. He's going to take it, and he's going to take the opportunity like he did on the weekend. I think so. That's a huge positive. I think, like you said, Saint Maximum coming in was great for you guys. Very direct play. And again, when you're playing against a side whose confidence is as shot as Southampton, perfect sort of player. And uh, Hendrick's ball, by the way, was delicious. It was a fantastic ball. I think yeah. it was Almiron's second. I mean, Almiron's goal was a bit of a, a fortunate sort of ricochet. He hits it, but you know, you got to hit it. The the, the pitch is where to takes his chance. But going back to Steve Bruce being the donkey, I think you guys get away with the results in the end just because he takes 15 or so minutes to change. After you've gone down to nine minutes, uh, nine men, he keeps the yeah. squad as is, playing four men in the back, playing three guys in the midfield and two up front. And I just kept thinking to myself, I was like, shit, all Southampton have to do is get the ball wide because they're not packing enough players in the midfield. And they so did. What, they didn't take their yeah. chances. No, and so what is yeah, and what he initially did, which I was, uh, I, uh, like, for me, I thought was mind-boggling because it just proves that you don't trust your players or you don't trust the processes that you've given to your players. When we had 10 men, he went with a 5-4 and he never even had a striker. So that that formation just remained when Henrik got, uh, when, um, sorry, Shah got, uh, got taken off. So if you look at it, you know, he wanted to revert to five to absorb pressure for a good part of 35 minutes, you know, eventually any team is going to crumble. And, you know, a team with Che Adams and, and Danny Ings, you know, if I'm a Southampton fan, I'm thinking, how the fuck did I lose that game? Or how did we not at least come away with a point? Um, no, so, never never yeah, and, and, you know, I, I just revert back to in terms of, sort of coaching and, and and how you try and get your players motivated. You know, you've got a coach in and and Scott will will, will correct us, Huchin or whatever his name is, but he he you know, I I thought they would be on the front foot. You know, they would be moving the ball. The conditions were poor. The ball wasn't moving as nicely. But, you know, move the ball quickly. When you have the ball, run with the ball quickly. I saw Mino Mino receive the ball in like a number 10 area and he started walking with the ball. Because he just had no options, or he just had no way to to, or he didn't know what to do with the ball. Um, and I was just thinking, you know, this is quite simple: move the ball into wide areas. You know, it's a, a two banks of four. Displace one of the wingers, displace one of the the fullbacks, and that becomes a three or a two because you've got a covering midfielder or a covering defender, and it's going to become it's going to become easier because you've got eleven players essentially. Like the math should preside. But at the end of the day, I'm happy with three three points. We'll take it. We'll um, we'll regroup and hopefully we can try and I don't know sneak a point or two in the next next two games. I don't know how possible that will be. Um, I think Callum Wilson is 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 a big factor in that. If we can get him back, that will be a huge bonus. Next game's Chelsea. Do you see them doing something against Chelsea? Hello. Oh, you're saying me? Sorry. I thought he was asking you, Nick. No. Um, yeah. man, I think, I think there's, there's a, it's obviously a confidence boost for them. Um, with Callum, Callum Wilson um, potentially being out, um, that won't bode well because I think 
can take advantage of um, Chelsea's current defence uh, with Christensen uh, and Rudiger um, and, and Aspilicueta without Thiago Silva. You know, Thiago Silva is quite uh, commanding in defence. Um, Christensen has some lapses of concentration um, and Rudiger has shown as well. So I think if Callum Wilson is fit for that game, then obviously they could take advantage. But if he's not, Jolinton... Um, as a um, lone striker, hasn't really been great. Uh, but you know, Almiron, Saint Maximan, um, those guys can take advantage of the the back three of of, of Chelsea um, and play play into the spaces out wide. I think I, I think that'll be the the method. I agree with you. I mean, I would you know I would even prefer to play with a Gale up front who's willing to run in behind. You know, yeah, true. He, he can he can feed off scraps in behind rather than having someone who's supposed to be holding the ball up but he can't hold the ball up. And he's proven yeah. that. You know, he came yeah. on, and the difference in quality is just, you know, Callum Wilson, you know, he might be the biggest fraud in football because he just wins so many fouls that probably aren't fouls, but he's just so clever and intelligent to put his body in the right areas. Yeah. He holds the ball up when he can, and if he can't, he wins something for the team. And I, honestly, like, I count my blessings every day because we don't deserve to have a player of his quality. I, I, and I, and I, I promise you, I, believe me when I say that, he is. He is far too good for Newcastle United, in my opinion, right now. No, no, um, in, the current, just... in, the current, in the current state. Yeah, and, and listen, can I tell you what? <laughs> so, no, are you being to... too nice? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to speak I'm about Jeff nice, Hendrick. Yeah. I know you spoke about his good past, but he has, and you know, I, he started the season off great, and Richard will talk about this because he scored an absolute screamer in the first game against West Ham. And I thought, wow, we've taken a play off Burnley uh, you know, who are quite average. And you know what? He has not done anything since that game. And he got sent off. The way he got sent off was absolutely criminal. And he put his team under pressure. Yeah. Tenfold. You know, he has a yellow card in the first half. And then he goes and makes a professional foul three minutes into this into the second half. Is he off his, if he, is he off his rocker? Like straight off, I mean, the, yeah. it's straight off. Shelvier has a great chance as well to put the game to bed at that time. So straight so, off. So this is the this is the order of events. Shelby hit uh, absolute sitter, absolutely, you it's know, duffs it completely, and he should actually be fine for that. Straight from there, we go and uh, concede a, a a free kick. Where, in my opinion, you know, I've been a, been praising Darlo, but Darlo, yes, great free kick, but Darlo is 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 a yard too far to the one side especially for the distance where it is, because if he's one yard to the other side, trust your wall. If it's going to go over, you go and save it. And then immediately and also, after that, and also you you've, know, got, you've got Hendrick doing that. The Come second on, best, the, second, the second best free kick taker in Europe for the last five no, he years. Is. He is. I'm saying what Darlow should have done is he can't be standing to um, what's his, one foot or to the left. He should know that this guy, his free kicks always do the same thing. Stand exactly. Bit, if he's lining up the ball, uh, lining up the ball against the wall like that, he can only yeah. go one way. The way exactly. he's running up the ball, he can only go one way. So exactly. stand a little bit. You're going to see it a little bit late, but you're still very close to yeah. to the ball. So unfortunately, um, you know, you got a Hendrick there. I'm ble- I'm so happy. We blessed that he's not going to play the next game, and maybe we'll see a Willock, a, a Shelby. And maybe a, 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 a little firecracker in Almiron, maybe playing as a number 10 in a free role. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like Fraser to come back in and, and you've got to say maximum running. Um, so, yeah, let's see. I don't know. I'm not holding any hope, but, you know, another three points closer to safety. 
Another three points, Nick. And you know what Fabio says yeah, um, saying maximum is also too good for Newcastle at this moment in time. I don't know what your thoughts are regarding that one. But Rich is still on the line, so we're going to talk about the Fulham-West Ham game, guys. I mean, I, I did tell you guys, it was going to be a tricky, tricky sort of situation. A tight pitch. Fulham are comfortable at home. Yeah. There's denied space. And I think West Ham... You know, with bringing Lingard and having the other players there, Ben Rama, they've got they've got pace to really hurt teams on a bigger pitch. And I think when you when you sort of deny that spacing behind, you've got to be craftier in terms of how you get into the box. I think it was a it was it was a tricky afternoon for a West Ham. Wonga, Silo, Nick, what do you guys think? I thought the red card first and foremost was uh, hilarious. I know we're going to talk about that, but. Um, yeah, in, in my opinion, you know, it was always going to be a tricky game, especially when I'm on a, another personal group with Rich. He said, uh, you know, happy top four day where they were going to win this game and get into the top four. So I think he kind of jinxed himself there and he sort of said it, you know, I'd rather don't be too overconfident. And that just proves this league is, is exactly that. Um, I was quite excited to see Fulham, uh, bring on. Uh, Josh Mudger, I don't know if you guys have followed his career. He, I don't know if you watched that Sunderland Till I Die. Um, he, yeah, yeah, haven't Sunderland. watched it. I think I've watched half of the first season, yeah, yeah. So he played in the second season and he actually just finished, um, he, he just came from Bordeaux on loan and he looked, he looks like quite a player. And I, I was, I, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of him, but I mean, like, like we were saying before this game, it is a London derby. You know, Scotty Parker playing against his old club, it was never going to be easy. Um, mm. And, you know, you got to, against a team with confidence, you've got to try and make it as tough as possible. Uh, keep it tight at the back, you know, sort of keep it compact, drop when you need to drop, press when you need to press, and, and sort of not give them any time. And it, it seemed like a little bit of a frustrating day for a team that is, you know, you can see they are a better side than Fulham. Um, but Fulham just probably did enough to to get the point. And you know what's unfortunate for Fulham in this perspective perspective after this game is it's not actually enough. You know, it's yes, not. a good point against West Ham, but they actually needed all three. Um, mm. So it's probably it's two points drop for for West Ham, but at the same time, two points drop for Fulham because they needed the three points. But Fulham now, yeah, guys, Fulham have now. It's the second most draws in the league after Brighton. So they've drawn nine games. Brighton have drawn ten. So mm. they just they just lack in their quality in the final third. Silo, what are you going to say? No, I was going to actually just allude to that fact. You know, I mean, I think you know prior to 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 um, when they lost um, in their last game, um, they they had drawn so many games. You know, um, and they've drawn against you know good teams as well. Um, and you know, so so they've got some quality but just not enough quality to take them over the line in terms of actually um, getting a 1-0 win, a 2-1 win. Um, it just seems like, you know, they, 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 they'll just end up, you know, either drawing 0-0 or either drawing 1-1, uh, which is not going to help them at all, you know. Uh, and and they've got good players, you know. I mean, Anguisa in, in the centre mid has been one of the best centre mids, you know, in the Premier League. Obviously, he's playing for, obviously, a, a lower team, but but they've got quality. Lukman, I like, I like how Lukman plays. Um, so they've got, you know, some bit of quality, but just at you know at the at the at, at the at the top end of, at the top end of the field, you know what I mean? You know, where where Mitrovic hasn't given, where Mitrovic hasn't been given a chance, right? Um now obviously they've got this new kid um that used to be with Sunderland. Um cool, he just got signed. Maybe he can help them out um going into the to, to the next half of the season. But 
uh, doesn't look good for them. Doesn't look good for them. Uh, they'll probably probably get what another seven draws and one win, and then the rest will lose. Probably, you know that that that's how the season is going. Whereas they need another five wins um, instead of those seven draws. You know, um, you know, so it will be tough for them. But um, hey, man, Scotty Parker's a nice nice guy. You know, I wish he could he could he could do well, and that Burnley could go down. You know, because Burnley doesn't really have nice players. Oh. You know. They don't well, have nice look, players. You know, they're, they're you not like players that, that I like to watch. You know what I mean? I like to watch Adam Muller Lookman. You know what I mean? I like to watch yeah. him. You know, you know, but here's but the thing, like Here's the thing. They, they, are eight points, they are eight points behind Burnley, right? And yeah. Newcastle are only two points ahead of, of Burnley. So if, if Fulham do manage to do this, then Newcastle do get pulled into this. But I agree with you 100%. I'm hoping somehow Burnley just get, get out of here. Even with out, the... I don't yeah, know, man. The new takeover has that has that gone through? What's going on there? I don't know. I don't know. Does anyone really know? Does anyone really care? To be honest, not really. No, Wonga, Wonga, what did you want to say? What did you want to say about this game? No, I mean, look, I mean, the two teams are West Ham. Um, look, they're doing well. Good season, I think. Again, it's it's a result that you they, they like Nick said it's it's two points lost and for them and it's also two points lost for for Fulham but <clears throat> I mean West Ham on a good run um they're still they're, they're still in it you know to 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 go into the top four um and, and and I mean for them compared to where they finished last season it's 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 good and I, what I'm I mean, I mean yeah of course I'd prefer Arsenal to be there uh, but we've got a problems of our own but um for them, I think it's they're looking at it, and you know, it, it, for me, it's nice to see that you, even though at this point they know they probably want to finish higher than what they did last season, they're not just uh, stopping there. You know, it's they um, they're trying to go uh, full out. Um, they're literally trying to you know, know break that record completely, and they and, and they're not you know sort of saying measuring themselves on what what they did last year. They sort of Measuring themselves on, I mean, the ability. I mean, obviously now what what they've been doing and uh, what they're capable of. And in terms of Fulham, I think for them as well, they've done well um, uh, from beginning of the season. I mean, the way they started against Arsenal, I mean, people said you, they they definitely writing them off. But the the results here and there where they showed that you know they can actually uh, they have the potential to pull out of it. And like Celo was saying, they have the players. Uh, but now the question is, can they can they get away from these draws? Um, and yeah, I also don't know if I I see them. Uh, pulling that through. Yeah, man. You know, Claudio, I think from... you, 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 yep. Claudio, you were asking about that takeover, man. Um, so I just tried to just check here. Um, so it has gone through, uh, but it's left the club ninety million pounds worse off because they use, you know, they use Burnley's money to with, with this acquisition somehow. I was trying to what? try to figure it out, but. But no, yeah, it's, I, they, 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 they I actually read they, something they, about that as well with a few of their signings or something. I don't know if they brought in shit. anyone uh, recently, but they use sort of they're in a bit more debt than they actually were when they took, when they were taken over. So yeah, they yeah. did they did they, they did they did a glazers on them. Yeah, yo 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 yo. Oh, but they're American owners, I think, aren't they? Hundred American buyers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They want the ownership, but they'll get other people to pay for it. That's just how it is. That's how it is. But from a, from a West Ham perspective, look, they dropped points. They dropped crucial points, you could say, for the, the top four finish. But so did Leicester, so did Man United, and so did Liverpool. I think the only real winners of the weekend were Chelsea. But that brings us on to our next game. 
and and Spurs and and Spurs it's and Spurs and Spurs yeah yeah Spurs too but you know they're sitting in eighth right now yeah but they got a they got a game in hand on Chelsea and West Ham yeah oh shit you know one thing we didn't talk about and you know Rich is right the red card incident Suchek and Mike Dean's death threats now he's not going to ref on the weekend guys honestly. I don't think there's much to say about this. The re- the decision was ridiculous. We all we all know it was ridiculous. Am I right? Is anyone going to argue that? Yeah, but it's it's unfortunate. I think I think you know with this with, with the Premier League, um, you know, there's been so many um, red card decisions where it they've been they've been very poor decisions. And what happens there after during the week is that um, those those red cards get overturned. You know what I mean? Um, so it's man, like. Yeah, obviously because David Luiz, yeah, man, he's 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 you know his reputation precedes him, you know. But but yeah, some of them do get overturned. Bednarik <laughs> and and now Suchek, obviously, and it's unfortunate that 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 they get the red card. And in such a game, it does affect the game, you know. Bednarik's one wasn't didn't really affect the game, but others do affect the game. The other team gets three points, you know what I mean? Um, so I don't know what what the Premier League can do to address that. Um, for the, all these um poor. Um, red card decisions, uh, but yeah, it's unfortunate that Mike Dean's um, gotten all these death threats. Um, he doesn't deserve it at all. Yeah, he's had a howler the last three couple of three, last three weeks with the Southampton games, uh, but he doesn't deserve the abuse. So no, I found, what me, I found funny as well, oh, sorry. go for it. So what I found funny, yeah. So what I found funny as well is um, in terms of the death threats, um, uh, Sky Sports. I also don't know how they why would they do something like that. But now Mike Dean, now um, they everyone. Comes and I think even as far as posted, they said that look, the guy received um, uh, death threats. Cool, mm. um, and everyone's now aware that this guy's received death threats on social media, and he said this is what he's going to do. What what? Then now Sky Sports puts, um, I think shortly after Sky Sports puts like uh, a thing on Mike Dean in terms of uh, his how record, many mistakes he's made. He's, he's made mis- how many mistakes he's made in the in the past, or whatever thing. I don't know what the hell are these guys trying to do. They they've just literally. Pouring fuel on a fire, you know what I mean? But Sky like, Sports lighting, do that. Lighting a match within gas. They, they love to do that. Sky Sports, Sky Sports, um, can you do such rubbish. Get viewers. The they're gonna they get more viewers. They get more likes. Yeah, but you see, you, but you see now things like that. You see now things like that. They they like, however they've decided. They, I know they've said they're gonna manage it and put on fines, whatever. But you see things like that. They need to they, they need to be controlled because we, we all know what Sky Sports is trying to do. Uh, but now. Mike Dean now in situation. Now you're putting more fuel on this. I mean, more people are going to inter- We can don't I, even know if more people are going Wanga, to get crazy can I ideas. Jump in there. The, the yeah. reason, can I tell you also why in Sky Sports defense, and I've seen this mm-hmm. from a Newcastle perspe- perspective ourselves, and it's not necessarily okay. based on, um, say, for example, refereeing incidences. It's about uh, there's a conspiracy that Mike actually have a hold on the, has a hold on the media um, because there's obviously sort of sponsorship deals within Sky that Sports mm-hmm. Direct contribute to. Um, and there's a few sort of friends within the media that he has. And, you know, Newcastle fans have a big gr- grievance with Sky Sports because they don't actually speak about how bad of an owner he actually is. And okay, they yes. will say, well, why are you covering up? Why are you not speaking about all the flaws mm-hmm. that he's spoken about? So what I'm trying to say here is mm-hmm. you're going to get football fans in general calling an organization like Sky Sports out saying, well, why are you defending a, a, a referee that makes mistakes all the time? You need to call it out. I agree. Death threats are not right. But I'm going to actually allude to a point that 
uh, Ian Wright spoke about the other day. Let's be honest, guys. It's all about fucking Mike Dean. It's always all about him. You know, he loves the show. And, yeah, you know, true. I don't want to actually say this in the wrong way, but this was coming. You know, not, yeah. not that death threats is right, but this was coming. You know, yeah. a, a, a sort of outrage from the, from the general public spe speaking about how actually shit he is because yeah. it is a big show for him. This is a show for him. You know, he loves to th throw a red card that's, and loves to argue with players and argue, mm. and he loves to have like actual arguments with, with, with managers and coaches because he's a, he's an absolute arsehole. He spoke to, um, <laughs> he's no, he spoke to, uh, who, who's that, um, was, uh, it was Bilic last, last season. Bilic tried to speak to him from, uh, well, no, it was this season, but Bilic was there at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And he tried to speak to, to, to Mike Dean. Mike Dean just ignored him, literally ignored him. Like Ian Wright said that day, that just have a little off. bit of respect. You know, he's a professional, you're a professional. At least speak to him, you know, at least have that conversation. But, what, and but that's also one thing. That, but that's a, he would do great in the PSL because that's how PSL refs are. Yeah, that's just exactly, how they are. Yeah. Like exactly. you can't, you, like well, why can't you have the conversation? You know, the decision yeah. can't be changed. But True. why can't you then yeah. still have the conversation and be like, look, yeah. help me understand why you gave that. And that way, yeah. Yeah. I can still disagree, but help me understand. You, you can still have it in a calm way. You can still yeah, have but it in a calm way. Yeah. You know, yeah. if someone, I agree, I agree from a referee's perspective. If you come there screaming, shouting, swearing, telling them that their mother is X, Y, and Z, then I, I agree. Then you can ignore them. But, you know, if you're football, asking why, why, did you, why, did you, why did you come and give my player a red card why did you make this decision in in the first half at least answer it you know yeah, or say yeah. you know what listen let me let's get out of the camera view let's go speak in the change room you know they, they have that whole thing where they can knock on the door and they can go to the ref's change room and they can have a conversation you know don't mm. don't don't put someone down by ignoring them or throwing red cards or acting as if yeah. you're an absolute hero you're not a hero you never made it in football and that's why but you're also, a referee. But also, you know, that's the case. You're, you're so right, Nick. But also, like, if you're looking at the actual decision in this particular instance that he gives Suchet the red card, everybody, everybody can see. Coaches, yeah. players, even Mitrovic says not sending off. Fans can see. The player's literally trying to move his arm over the player's head. And he's seen this highlight or re replay played how many times, and he still gives it. Like, for me, that's where there's a huge disconnect. And the guy, to your yeah. point, validates everything that you're saying. I mean, it just it boggles the mind sometimes. I don't know. It's it's a bit crazy, really. Uh, Settle. Yeah. Um, but no, thanks, Nick. I think that was insightful. Wonga as well. Sky Sports, you know, it is. The, they're no better than, than Fox News in terms of a political run. But <laughs> Settle, Man United 3, Everton 3, a game that technically should have been in the bag for United, especially when you're scoring the yeah. goals that you're scoring. Yeah, man. I think, yeah. um, I think a lot of questions need to be asked about our defense. Um, and I think it's something I've I've raised on the show multiple times in terms of the amount yeah. of goals we're conceding is too many goals. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, uh, previously was we would concede first and then try catch up and then um, you know claw back and get an equalizer and then and then get a winner. Uh, but in this instance, it's the exact opposite. Two nil at half time. Um, Calvert Lewin misses a chance at the at the end of the first half. You know, going to the break yeah. with a two nil lead. You know, now you just need to manage the game. You know. Um, you look at a team like Man City, where when they score, you just don't believe that the other team is going to score. You know, um, it's the first time this weekend where actually maybe another team, you know, managed to to actually get a goal. 
but still, you know, I mean, you, they 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 still managed to to you know to 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 get the victory over the line and, and manage the game properly. Um, so you know, it's 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 very poor for Man United. Um, you know, to allow Everton to get back into the game, get okay, cool, show some character, get a third goal, McTominay, and then at the end, the last seconds, last few seconds, you can't see the game out. You know what I mean? Um, you know, tell slap me, head, tell me, Stello, fridge, what do you think? What do you think that that that? Do you think the turning point was the Gea's mistake? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Because, it's not the turning no, point. but uh, so when I watched the highlights, I watched them again. I've, I watched them twice, and I replayed them. I think if you don't concede that goal, you're going to win the game easily. Because yep. that that was the swing. That gives them the hope. That gives them the hope. No, okay, definitely, yeah, that 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 gives them hope. Um, you know, I think, yeah, you can point to obviously that error uh, where you should have obviously handled it better. But as well, you know, in the last in the last minute, you know, um, Harry Maguire plays them onside and still yeah, puts and up his calling arm. Offside. And, and he's calling offside, but he's playing players <laughs> offside. Do you know what I mean? What do you? How do you do that as a defender, guys? How do you do that if you are the last person? How do you see stuff happening in front of you and still put up your hand? And you playing you playing people onside, you know what I mean? You know, uh, man, like that 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 is that is the worst. Oh, but Capitan, yeah, no. but, but but I do agree. That this, <laughs> yes, it does. It does. It, it did. I guess it did give Everton. It did give Everton. Um, you know that 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 energy to to actually go for another goal once 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 De Gea made the mistake. Uh, but yeah, we still should um, see out the game. Um, shouldn't be conceding another goal thereafter. You know, giving them a two-two. Um, should have dealt with that with that with that situation better. Where Hamid's got his goal, and then obviously the third goal. That's that's you know just yeah, man. I'm 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 really disappointed. And um, Maguire, oh, man, like you know, so many times you you ask yourself, what is he doing? You know what I mean? What what is he thinking in that situation? What is he doing? You know what I mean? You know, and and that's that's not the way your leader of the team and the leader of the defense is supposed to be defending. You know, you're supposed to say, oh, okay, no, this guy he at least tried to do something and then it hit his it hit his body or something like that. You know what I mean? You can you know something like that where you can actually see someone trying, but it's just unfortunate circumstances where maybe the other team gets a goal. You know, but in an instance where you know, as a defender, you know, as a defender, you know, you say, okay, cool, guys, let's hold the line, let's hold the line, let's hold the line, you know, let's all be on this line, you know, but then you behind everyone else, far behind everyone else, and then also, you're not even attacking the ball, you know what I mean, you, you, you're at the back somewhere there, you know, chilling there at the back, you know, and playing everyone onside, so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's disappointing, uh, but, you know, we've been saying that our defense um, our defensive partnership of, of Lindelof and, and Maguire hasn't been great this season. Has led in too many goals, and yeah, it needs but to be obviously resolved. If you look at the amount resolved. of goals you score in, I think Claudio said it now. You know, if you can, if you can sort out that backline, yeah. you know, where where could you actually be? You know, you no, could definitely. actually be a lot lot higher up in the league. You know, sort no. of finishing teams off as you should. I mean, they've be. scored the most goals. They've scored forty nine goals in the Premier League. That's the most goals scored by any team. So, and it's it's exactly that question, which is why. Celo, my next question to you, <laughs> and obviously it's, it's a bad time for me to be asking the question, but in terms of De Gea now, I know there's a huge problem between your, your two centre-halves. Your two centre-halves is a huge problem. Lindelof yeah. reminds me of a player who is... Lindelof tries to vindicate that he's a leader. I think that's the issue here, and I think him and um, Harry Maguire. Maguire don't gel for that fact, or Maguire, They're sorry. They don't, They're too similar. Yep, They're too similar because they kind of like... 
And we, we saw when, when Bruno Fernandes called Lindelof out on his shit in the Europa and he had a go at him, he kind of thinks he's got this influence in the team, but he really doesn't. But in between those, I think the real question now for De Gea, I mean, if we if we got to look at this with an objective sort of magnifying glass, De Gea is not the same player he was a couple of years ago. Now we could can argue you, it, could be, you, it could be you, it could be the centre-half pairing, but the name? question is, the question is I want to ask is... De Gea, though, is he the right man to be ending or moving on for, for you, a title, you, for, for title can you, champ, can you challenging? Name, can, you, can you name another another game where he made an error this season? And then, he has and made then I'll answer your question. He has made an error. He made an error. I'm Please tell me which error. I'm not going to go with errors now. I'm not going to. I'm Please identifying. Sort of scenario. He reminds me in terms of if I'm looking at a sort of, um, what's his name? The Hugo Lloris. In terms of, that's the sort of standard. He's still above Hugo Lloris. But that's the sort of standard okay. that he's he's kind of slipping in, in my opinion. Okay. He's prone. He's prone to like in those sort of scenarios. That's what you want. And what? And, and what? And what, you keep, and, and, and what about before, what about the error that Henderson made against Sheffield, where where look, he kicked the ball into the player? Is, but, but am I saying? Am I? Say, I didn't say Henderson was the right man to replace him. My question nah, is to you. My question think, is to you. I don't think, listen, I don't think question, you, you, you're being very much disrespectful to David De Gea. No, I'm not being very disrespectful. disrespectful. Question, very, very disrespectful. Very no disrespectful. I can accept Anthony Martial's slander. I can accept you talking about Martial and saying I'm not he's making poor. slander yet, bro. I don't know what's wrong with you. But I cannot accept David De Gea's slander. My question is for you is do you think if De Gea stays in this team, do you think if he stays in this team currently in terms of De Gea still deserves to be number one um goalkeeper for Man United? He's not he's only made that error this season. So next season, I, so next season, full yes, conviction. David De Gea, David De Gea deserves to be number one for, for Man United next season. Deserves to be in goal for the for the remainder of this season and for next season. He hasn't well, made any go. other error. He hasn't made any other error, you know, whereas Allison has made whew, Wow, wow. Allison has know. made three errors and two of them were in one game. What? So the fact what that about, you're what about last, what about what about what about against Arsenal <laughs> last season? What about Arsenal last season? What about Arsenal last season? Oh, you went like as it. No, that was just good he closing knows, down. But but it's all good. But it's all good. But um Allison has made guy, more, comparing Allison, to this. Allison, Allison, what do you mean the best? Who's not the best? Allison the played. He was He's ill. Not. He was ill on Sunday and he still played. Yeah, Oblak. Yeah, Oblak. Fine, Oblak can give him. So my question is for you. So if you say Terstegen and Neuer are also better than him. Neuer is not better than Allison. You're smoking your socks. How can you say this? Neuer is better than Allison. Yes, he is. Nick, what's your opinion? Wait, 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 Nick. Before you give your opinion, my question is to him. No, no, you can ask him. My question is to you. If you're saying All Black is the best keeper, if you're saying All Black is the best keeper and United have the influence, why don't? So would you not take an All Black over the hair right now? Because it's going to cost, I won't take him because it's going to cost 150 million pounds. I don't want to Man United can afford it though. Man United can afford it. we can't. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. Look at any financials they can afford Of course they can afford it. Claudio, we cannot afford it, bruh. We cannot. What do you think? We can even buy Jaden Sancho. Claudio, Man United can't afford it. They can't afford it. They're not doing it. They don't want to be taken for a ride. That's what they're doing. They're changing their approach, man. Sorry, Nick. You you give your opinion there, goalkeeper. 
Guys, you're missing out on Carl Dollar. He's obviously the best in the world. Come on. <laughs> let's, let's, I know you'll take him, Claudio. You'll take him, Sela. Let's just settle that now. I'll take him, but I'll take him uh, uh, as long as he doesn't, uh, doesn't face think, James Ward process free kicks, but I'll take I him. Think, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think just to add to what Claudio is saying, I think uh, you're right, Celo, in the sense that, um, you know, De Gea has, you know, there hasn't been that many mistakes this year. It's probably been one, like you said, but I think we are, if you look at back, if you look back to last season, yeah. They were they were a few, yeah. and I think last that season, was yeah. when Man, U, Man United were sort of in a very in between phase where they didn't know where they wanted to be, um, and you know I think De Gea isn't. We, let's maybe say he wasn't that. He had that second season, that third season where he was unbelievable, and I honestly thought he was the best in the world. I think there are a lot of keepers, and I still have stood by De Gea. I think he is better than Henderson. Um, and I think it's a valid argument, you know, a club of the size of Man United, you need a keeper that isn't going to make that, those mistakes. You know, if you look at a team like Liverpool right now, you need a keeper that's not going to make those mistakes. That's why now the questions are there for Alisson, you know, possibly not fair because he's done as much as he's done. And I think the argument is valid for Man United. De Gea has done a lot for Man United. So four seasons two in great a row. goalkeepers, two four great goalkeepers, two great goalkeepers in my of, opinion. Of, of, this player in Man United for four seasons but in a row. They would, they would be on my bench, both of them, at Newcastle United. Uh, and for Darlow to start, I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll also agree. Darlow, 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 Darlow's the best. But, but yeah, no, Claudio... I would agree. Put, think... put Darlow in, in Old Trafford. Keep him You know, I think, I think, I think, I think the thing is, right, is that, is that you know the the whole debate came about um, after last season, you know, and, and May, a lot of Man United fans wanted the hair to be to be to be dropped um, and said because Henderson was coming back, but um, once the season started and um, games went on and so forth, and he played well, you know, Man United fans were saying Dave is back, Dave is back, you know, he's back to his best, you know, what I mean, he's back to his best. That's what the Man United fans were saying because why? Because he 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 went back to his best, right? And now just because he made one mistake, now we're gonna just um, disregard all the other good work that he's done this season and that he's helped us with. You know, he can't be the centre back and the goalkeeper. You know what I mean? You know, sometimes you know it just happens that you know the the defenders in front of you are just so poor, are just re- really so poor as a partnership that they're not obviously protecting you. You know, as 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 look, a whole. And that and, and and that's the thing is that if if you know if you remember the goal against Leicester, Leicester scored in the 85th minute. Um, you know, does it what Jamie Vardy gets gets space in the box, you know what I mean, and it gets deflected and it gets into a goal. Goalkeeper can't do anything about that, you know what I mean? You know, what is a goalkeeper supposed to do in a deflected shot? You know what I mean? Against Arsenal, against Arsenal, he saves a Yang's penalty and has to be re- has, um has to be retaken. Oh no, not not the Bomayang one. Uh, in another game, I mean, sorry, he, he saved the penalty, then it has to be retaken. You know what I mean? Because yeah, his foot was apparently off the line. You know what I mean? So he's doing good things in in, in games. You know what I mean? And this is unfortunate that certain situations are deflections and so forth. You know what I mean? Against Sheffield again, deflection against Transebe. You know what I mean? And then and then Sheffield and then the 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 the, the referees say that he should there should have been a foul on him in the lead up to the first Sheffield goal. You know what I mean? You know, so so he's been unfairly you know seen, and that's the problem as well is that you know too much focus is put on foreign players. You know. Why are we not talking about Maguire? Why are we focusing on De Gea? You know what I mean? You know? Um, no, dude, I don't I, the only That's reason what... we're not focusing on the, the only reason we're not focusing on Maguire is because we all agree he was shit. We all agree he's shit. Yeah, so you go, what, but, what did you say wrong? 
I wanted to ask there. That's what I wanted to ask Selena. I was like, uh, okay, but firstly, I think All Blacks number one, definitely. Um, but moving on from that, um, with <laughs> in terms of in terms of uh, Man United now, I think I and I think Selena will agree. The, the, the problem there is the two centre backs, and it's probably now the question I want to ask you is something that it was also posed to me at the end of the day, uh, in terms of Austin as well with starting their youngsters as well. Now Maguire, the whole season, Oaks, the whole season. It's been on and off. Um, I think probably he's probably been, if not the the probably most inconsistent Good player at Man United. Mm. Very most inconsistent, and he's your captain. My mm. question is now: Do you see? Okay, not that. Yeah, do you see Solskjaer now dropping the guy and putting someone else there? Nah. Because if it's you if Man United, ball. but now do you see now Man United now definitely are comp- uh, competing for the title. Uh, let me say, in future they're competing for titles. They want to win a title. Do you see your team winning it with Maguire there? Because I don't. With Maguire and nah. the you know, Aaron, you know, I don't you know, the thing is, the thing is with football, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny old game. You know, I mean, I think there was a season once where Man United had the second best defense, and we had, and Smalling was still there, and so forth. I think it was, it might have been under Mourinho or, or Van Gaal, you know, and it's, it's, it's not that we had the best defenders, you know, I mean? it's just that they played very well, and obviously De Gea was, was phenomenal in, the, in, in that season. But mm. then now, and then you look at also last season, for instance, right? Our, our our defense, you know, conceded um, a certain amount of goals, but also we conceded less goals per game than we, than this season. But it's sim- it's a similar um, you know team, you know, it's it's it's, it's, mm-hmm. what's, it's the same back four basically, you know what I mean? But then now we're conceding more goals per game. You know, now you have to ask yourself why are we why is it why why is that the case? Also, yeah. our wingers tracking back, you know what I mean? So you need to look at the whole complex the whole dynamic of the team. Yeah, is it is it working? So I agree with you. I agree Absolutely. with you there. You've got to look at the whole dynamic. But at the same time, there's also truth in terms of what Akil's saying here with regards to defenders and goalkeepers have to complement each other. That's first and foremost. Yeah. And they, they get confidence from both, right? Yeah, they get confidence from both. And what I'm saying is in terms of in Saturday's performance show, we're highlighting this specific instance, right? Mm-hmm. On more than one occasion, there was a mix-up between the two, Lindelof as well as Maguire. That was awful. Yeah. Okay, and that that is for United to be competing. That's where the solve needs to come. Whatever money you're going to be throwing at, it needs to be a, another center half to be coming. Whether back, it's yeah. Makano from Red Bull, whether whoever it is, that's where you need to focus on. Now, the other question is: in a scenario when I'm comparing a De Gea now to the scenario that Hugo Lloris had with with Liverpool, you know, Spurs are in the game at that moment in time, right? Mm. Mm. Hugo Lloris doesn't commit to the ball. He doesn't commit. Mm. Some keepers are brazen. They're a lot more brave. Other ones are meeker. Others are, you know, they play to their strengths. De Gea is brilliant at his, his reactions and his shot stopping. But where you need someone to command that area, sort of, and again, to Akil's point, mm. where they need to complement each other, when you've already got two center halves that are so fragile as it is, having someone there that can be loud, that can come out, collect. And I think that's all I'm saying when it comes to that scenario. Now, that is based on that scenario and maybe moving forward. And that's why my question comes to you. If you believe it's the right guy, then it's the case of possibly bringing in a top centre-half, a world-class centre-half, or not even a world-class centre-half to what you're saying. It doesn't have to be. But the chemistry between those two right now is very shit. And if you throw the goalkeeper in between, they, they're not feeding off each other. And that's, that's, the, that's the issue with United. I mean, 49 goals in the league season right now. They, there's nothing wrong with them going forward. Nothing mm. wrong with them going forward. Mm. And that's the bottom line, unfortunately, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I no, I completely agree. I think we it would be lazy just to look at De Gea and say he's the problem, whereas he's not the problem. It's uh-huh. it's 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 the defense as a whole and then also the team as a whole and just need to sort out the team and say, Okay, cool. 
Um, this is why we're conceding. We're conceding too many goals exactly. like this. You know, maybe it's a mix-up. Maybe it's positioning. You know, maybe, you know, they need to identify which type of goals that you're always conceding, and then need to see how is is it um, when we're playing. You know, I think when we when we had Eric Bailly, we we had a bit more solidity um, in our defense. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to when when Lindelof plays, and it's just unfortunate that obviously Eric Bayer wasn't available for the weekend and isn't available for tonight. Um, so obviously then that, that means that we just need to get a a defender that can stay fit. You know, what I mean Eric Bayer and and Matip need to need to compare notes of of how of how long they spend in the injury room because Matip and and Bayer are are, are, are are you know you know always in the sick bed. I like how Matip gets brought into this. Um, one, one, last, one, last thing, one last thing I want to ask, guys, is that before we move on from this game, Ole, Gole, Ole Gunner, Solskjaer coming out saying, United are not in the title race. Now, a couple of weeks ago, race, but, yeah. but, but, but here's the thing, though. This is, this is the question I have from a coaching perspective. And, you know, you being a fan... Me being a fan, if I see my manager, regardless if I know they're punching above their weight, from me, from a leadership perspective, I never want to hear my manager outright coming and saying that because somewhat it does filter down. You might have one or two players that are leaders, but now that you outright saying, you're the main man saying, they're not in the title race, naturally people are going to stop taking their foot off the gas. And for me, I don't know if that's a manager. Obviously, we all know he's still learning his trade. But at this moment in time, why not back himself in the conviction despite the problems that he has? You know what I mean? He's gone on a good run here. Why not keep it going? Why, as soon as something falters, you all of a sudden start changing the tune a little bit? It looks a bit wobbly. I don't know. I'm asking the coach there. I want to get Nick, because you're the coach. You're going to have to be yeah. dealing with these little scenarios. What What do you do in that scenario? Are you happy with that? I know that I'm not. I think- as long as Nick doesn't mention Bruce, we, we, we can listen to what he says. <laughs> no, but I think, I think, I think in my Sort of my opinion now. <laughs> we can't bring Bruce into any conversation that talks about half-decent managers. But um, no, just in in terms of, you know, I, I, he probably listened to that interview afterwards and probably kicked himself because you're right, Claudia. I mean, if you are sort of a senior player, say you're a, a Paul Pogba in that change room, you know, you'll you'll be like, well, who who, who the who's leading us? You know, I, I want to win a title. Uh, why would he say something like that? And, you know, in his defense, maybe he sort of said it to protect his players, if if, if that makes sense, to sort of protect uh, his players from the, the fact that maybe they won't win the league and then they, they're protected from, you know, all the hype of them challenging for something that was never actually on the cards. I, I don't buy it. I do think they were involved in the conversation. I still think they are to a degree involved in the conversation, but I think now that the pressure is maybe becoming a little bit more, it is easier. Naturally, it is easier to say that I'm not in it. And then, you know, if you're still quietly going behind, uh, going by your business and behind the scenes, you know, it's easier to get back involved in the picture when, whereas like a a Mourinho for a couple of weeks, you know, they were, dubbed you know title contenders and even by me um and i think it's it's easier to retract and then maybe go back in rather than staying in and you're flogging a dead horse um but i do agree with you in that sense you know you're trying to gain you know the confidence of your players you want to sort of say yeah we're gonna fight i would have worded it differently i would have said you know what no one would have said that we would have been in this position uh come six months ago we're here right now. We're going to fight for every point possible and hopefully we do win the title. You know, that's oh, Coach Nick. Hey, 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 Coach. 
yeah. Yeah, Nick, this, Nick, 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 this to, this to uh, submit his CV there or, or, or help, or help Solskjaer with his, with his wedding of his, of his press conferences. But, uh, but I agree with what you're saying. And I think you need to just, you, you can say the same thing, but in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, what's 100%. his name? Um, so Robert, isn't it uh, Robertson? Not, not sure. I think it was the game, last game you guys, Liverpool played. Uh, Robertson yeah. even said that, Loop, um, loop around the title race based on what's happening. But you see, that's also, now I'm saying that's also different the way he's saying it. He's almost, he's saying it that they don't deserve to be in the title race, to be seen in the title race because of mm. the way they are playing. That's what, that's the way he's saying it. You know what I mean? So for him, they want to be in the title race. Do you, you get what I'm saying? It's not that the, the, the pressure's off them. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, I think Jason, um, Jason, Jason speaks about that. Oh, sorry. Carry on. Carry on. Longer. Yeah. So I'm saying that in Robinson is, he's, the way he's saying it is like, um, is, is that the title race for them is a place where Liverpool wants to be at. It's not whether it's a place of pressure, you know, that's where everyone's fighting for. So when asked the question, he told, he was told, he told them, look, we, we are not in the, we are not in the in the title race, um, not to say that he's taking pressure off himself, but you, almost in, in a way, you say he's he's also disappointed that he cannot say that he is in the title race. And from all his points of view, um, the way the way um, the way I, I never heard him say it, but the way Claudio is saying it, it's, it's almost sort of um, the way I hear it is almost you know he's trying to take pressure off players, and he'd rather be um, seen in that position um, that you know what these guys are not gunning, uh, they're not gunning for it. But what I see from from Liverpool's point of view is that look, these guys want to be there, um, and they're actually disappointed that they're not want, that they are not in that race. And come next game, they'll fight so that they are in the title yeah. race. I, I think don't know that if you tactic that tactic can go twofold. I mean, you could mm. you can either go and you can say, listen, I I back my players, so I'm going to go out in the press press and say, listen, we are here to fight, we are here to win the title, we are going to go tooth and nail to go do that, and hopefully that sparks a reaction from your players. Or if you do it the other way around, exactly like you're saying now, and you sort of retract a little bit, but then you've got to have the conversation, a separate conversation with your players and explain yourself. Yeah. Because they're going to watch right. sports news mm-hmm. themselves. You yeah. know, you also they're don't want right. to be the arsehole in, chain, tra- in the change room at training mm. and they look at you and they second guess in you because are we on this train together or are we on a different train? Because, you know, if you're playing for Man United, you want to go and win titles. Like mentally, that's, well, that's what the I expectation, would right? That's the expectation. Yeah. Like it should be that that shouldn't be a conversation. You know, it should be yeah. we are here to compete regardless, regardless yeah. of what the scenario is. You know, and and in this scenario, I know like you got your Gary Neville's and all these guys saying, you know, they're ahead of the curve. They're ahead of the curve. Yeah, sure, they're ahead of the curve. But flipping, use that curve. You know, man. That's I think that's one of the things. You know, Yo, you know guys, what I mean. Like we've use the spoken momentum. About, we've spoken about Mayers for a long time, guys. I think someone's trying to delay a topic. <laughs> oh, yeah yeah it wasn't a great day in the office for liverpool <laughs> it wasn't a Amen. good one but we, we can say we can say it was a very 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 good day for a man sitting in a pep guardiola getting his first one at anfield first one in anfield yeah first one for man city at anfield in a couple of i think it's 18 years um so and also i know nick you're not going to want to hear this because you say it's a load of shit every time I mention it, but it just shows you the sort of role the fans play at Anfield and the, the fan and the, the, the role they play, the role they play for the players, to be honest. I mean, that's, that's the reality. That's the reality. The, normally Liverpool would come out first 10 minutes, guns blazing, 
They didn't do that. Man City were on top of the game from the onset. They were there. Um, Wonga is drinking some water because that's a lot of water. Um, I think he's, he's lining up a long speech for this, this one. Am I right there, Wonga? Ah, no, no, no. I don't know if much oh, he's to say just taking a break. One. It's just his no, half-time no, break. Then. Yeah, no, no. So, um, yeah, for me, geez, where, where, where do I begin? There's a lot of things. Must I just talk? Are you guys going to throw some things at me? Because... I think I think I think as 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 Pumlani Msibi always always says to the coaches um after the game, your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like where like honestly, where do I begin? I think he gets it wrong again. I said for I said from the beginning, I said if Liverpool are gonna get something from the game, Henderson has to be in the center mid. In the midfield, he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't. He yeah. went for try to test it. He, he tried to protect yeah. the new boys. Um, in terms of not throwing them in the deep end, fair enough. Obviously, if they come in and something, if it doesn't work out, if you throw in Ozan Kabak at 20 years old and it, it just doesn't work out for him, there goes the possible investment in this 20-year-old. So I get that. But at the same time, you've also got to understand you're asking Thiago to do something he's not, he's not used to doing. His whole career, he's played a position. You've now thrown him in the mix going, this is how I play. You're a very good and adaptable player. You're a smart player, talented, but I need you to do this job. Again, you're taking a, a pretty like a square peg and you're putting it in a round hole sort of thing. And unfortunately, it shows. You can see it. Man City, man, complete conviction. And I think also Pep, from the offset, he, you know, he changed his tac- tactics at second half because he could. He was like, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep them there. And, you know, to be fair, Liverpool weren't great, but we're still in the game. We were in the mm. game. We had two of the best chances the in the first down. half. You know, and then the penalty comes and then... The Allison sort of blunders. And then the conversation about Allison being sick m- midweek. Do they rush him back in? You know, it's one of those things. And once he's made that first mistake, his head's completely gone. But again, that mistake, credit to Pep going 4-4-2. And that put us under pressure in terms of we didn't change. They, they overcrowded that midfield. And also Concello, huge, huge player for this team and Gundogan getting goals. Huge. Him moving into that space into the midfield. Let's Gundogan play a number 10, some, number 10, number 8 role, making those runs in behind. And that's that's mm. where they're really, really benefiting right now from not even having a striker. So, yeah, they smelt blood and they went there and they got it. And in the end, I think 4-1, 4-1 completely demoralizing for us. And I think if anything, it's actually good that it's now, it's dead in the sand for us. Let us, that all that pressure's gone. I think the players can now start readjusting. They're not playing as champions trying to tr- retain something. But as again, that club mentality as underdogs now, or not underdogs, just freaking guys that need to go out and get put something together, stitch something together. It's almost like a, a nice cotton jersey with a p- piece of thread. I mean, think about it. We, we got our Christmas jerseys beginning of this new year. We top of the log, and there was a little bit of thread, and all of a sudden that thread started coming loose, and all of a sudden the jersey's unraveled in a month. So that <laughs> that's kind of the way in which I can explain it. Sorry, Cedil. No, I was, I was going to say, um, you know, when I'm thinking now as, as uh, Klopp as a manager, right, uh, I just need to make sure that I, that I say the right things. I don't, I don't, I don't um, blunder with my, with my assertion about his past at at um, Dortmund. So at Dortmund, he obviously, you know, he won he won the Bundesliga um, for two consecutive seasons, right? Um, but then what happened thereafter? I think I think you know, similarly to now with with Liverpool, you know, he's almost um, he's almost a manager who 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 drives his team to the ground for like a certain amount of time, then obviously it's like the batteries run out. Um, okay, cool. At Dortmund, you can say that the best players left, you know, at, at every 
you know, juncture. You know, with with the Liverpool team this season, it's not that they left, it's that they got injured. But do you think that because he drives his teams to the ground for such a the high intensity, um, you know, the Champions League victory, being two points behind City and losing the league and then winning it, and then like it's almost like the energy's you know it's gone. You know, and he needs to revitalize the squad by bringing in a bit more bodies into the squad, not just two bodies, but like let's say like you know like a four bodies type of type of situation where you sign four players a season the next season you sign another two players then it's like six six players in, in totality that that are actually trying to rejuvenate you're trying to rejuvenate the squad in that way you know because if you look at for instance you know a, a Bobby Firmino you know would have been great if he had some another person that he could put in as a center forward to replace him and obviously I mean, you know looks Silo, I think there's a lot of there's there's truth in this I think the last couple of seasons yeah sure high intensity I don't think he rotated much of his squad. If you're looking at it, we, we've got a good first 11, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's all caught up now as well. But to Jason's point, you know, with our three centre-backs, that's a huge, your three main centre-backs. I know everyone's got yeah. injuries. But all these guys yeah. are not, they're not off for two, six weeks at different times. They're all out at the same time. Mm. You're talking mm. about another option up front. We brought, brought in Jota. Jota got injured. And he was mm. making the difference for us. You know, he was picking mm. us the energy. Then the other mm. frustration is that maybe in another season where there isn't a pandemic, straight after the league success, the Fenway group go, flip, he has a lot of money. Go get who you need. Go get the three mm. players you need. But in this case, now they've had to change things. They've moved the goalposts a little bit. I mean, you could say even during January, there's a sense of frustration from Klopp going, you know, his hands are a bit tied in terms of the players that he would want to get. So they've now done what they've done. So you could argue that. You could argue all these things. But right now, again, it's just there's a lot of these different variables. I think the big question for Klopp is, and I like that you mentioned the sort of Dortmund um, scenario, because in that scenario was he was losing his best players. They were fatigued, but he was also then losing his best players every season to the rivals, and they weren't replacing them. In this scenario, it should be somewhat different because he's at Liverpool, and Liverpool want to kind of stay where they're at. So they need yeah. to throw money at this. Come into the season. So I think I think they're lining up for the end of the season. I think let bygones be bygones. We all know City had a break last season. Let us have our break now. Let's see what we can get from the Champions League. If We have to make the top four because of the mm. money that comes with mm. it. That, that's mm. crucial. And mm. I think, again, now they're just going a bit of a run. And I think it's cool that they've done this. I mean, it's not, it's not a great feeling by any means, but it just kind of puts everyone... Humbles you. Humbles you. Humbles you, humbles, little, or, humbles humbles you. you yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying that you needed humbling, but I think essentially, like, you know, as as Matt always says, the league isn't it's it isn't sober at the moment. You know, I think it's becoming more sober in the sense for City. You know, they they sort of gain in form where, you know, they've been a bit more consistent, but it's all over the place. You know, you've yeah. got West Ham fighting for a top four, which is great for Rich, by the way, Rich, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> you know, you got a no, you got a Liverpool who. You know, it's not just going to be a walk in the park to get in the top four. You will finish in the top four, but mm. it's you still got to fight for it. You got to go get those points. And this season's yeah. proven that you know three points aren't a given. You don't deserve yeah. to get a, you don't deserve to get three points next weekend against mm. Leicester or against uh, against uh, Brighton, Brighton or whoever it is. You know, you don't mm. deserve it. And I think that's for that goes for anyone fighting for a top four position. So, I mean. I questioned it. I questioned, is there a stimulus still? Um, I, I questioned, you know, yes, I understand the physical point of view. You know, you guys, your, your team is pushed to the limits and that's why he's got the best out of your players. But I questioned, is there stimulus? Is there stimulus to be pushed that much? Are the players mm. buying into that? That's mm. Listen, we won't know that. You know, I think Klopp is a, 
I would love to see how he works behind the scenes. I'd love to see how the players, how receptive they are to him. How receptive they are to him season one, two, three, and four. Is it different? Those are the sorts of questions you've got to ask. You know, are the trends, are there any trends? Um, and I think the trends were very much towards building towards something. I think Celo's right. It has kind of dropped off, but you've got to look at the fact that you are playing in a season or in a, in a two-year period where there's a, a, a pandemic. You're playing behind no closed doors. No Games break. are caught up. Um, you've got a Euros around the corner where players are also thinking about. And you've got half of your squad has been injured this season. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. But ultimately, you know, in 10 years' time, Claudio, if you lose the league, Man City fans aren't going to speak about the fact that you had three injuries. They're going to talk about potentially huh? them. Have I mean, the people, I people think, don't even I talk think... about us getting to the Champions League the first time where we lost 3-1 because of Carriers' exactly. mistake. It was about Madrid exactly, winning. So, yeah. 100%. so yeah. football moves on very quickly. And I think... I think, you know, the league doesn't lie. At the end of the day, the league doesn't lie. If you're in the bottom three, you're the worst three teams. If you finish top, you're the best team. You know, if you finish second behind uh, City on goal difference or by one point, you know, that just shows you you are probably just as good, but one goal less, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, that is just unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But the, this is the one thing, and I want to I get your perspectives on this, is that now that this has happened... All right, you, you almost, I mean, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. It's a lot of, again, factors contributing to one sort of thing. It's happened. It is happening. I wonder now, because people are talking about Firmino. Obviously, we know he hasn't been the same player for a while now. Since towards the end of last season, really. He hasn't been the same sort of player. So now we've got our Jota coming in. If he's fit, then it's great. We've also got the conundrum of, of Keita, for example, in the midfield. The boys always picking up injuries. And now suddenly they're even resting him up until he's 100% fit. Because at this moment in time, if we got to offload him, we're not going to make the money we spent on him, which yeah, is a bad business be, investment. You need him so, to be fit, firing. So, yeah. Exactly. So we need him to come back. So the question is now with, and again, Tiago as well. Tiago's an issue now. Because let's think mm. about this. When our players are fit and right, You've got Fabinho back in the midfield. You've got Henderson back in the midfield. Obviously, we've got Genie leaving, so possibly you could say he fits there. But is this system, and I know it's very early to tell, and it's very forced, and they haven't had much time on the training ground, and we know Klopp preaches mm. training ground, training ground. But is he going to fit oh. into this sort of system as well? That's another question. So what happens in January, uh, in, in come end of the season? Do they start looking at other players now? Does it accelerate one or two things that they weren't going to do previously? So... Yeah, what, what happens, guys? What happens, in your opinion? I don't know. I think, personally, you know, I don't think it's going to get any better for the next year or two. Um, I think the schedules are going to be jam-packed, I think, for at least another 12 to 18 months. I think they're going to come off a, a period now um, where they're going to go straight into a Euros. And I don't think they're going to delay the season by much. So I think he's going to have he's going to have a period with his players which is shortened. Is he going to get the players that he wants? I don't know if Fenway and, and the, the owners are going to want to spend. And he's got to determine what squad is going to be able to be capable of challenging potentially a city who may be defending their title. You um, just drop another £50 million pounds when they want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They've got, so, they got money, yeah. Know, and unfortunately, if you're not spending, you're, if you're spending at, at this current point in the league, you're standing still. You need to spend a lot to move forward. And I think uh, I'd spoken about that recently. Uh, one of the pundits had said it. It's true. If you spend in 20 million or 30 million, you're standing still. 
if you you need to be spending you know in the upper echelons of 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 you know the the, the budgets that that are around and i don't know i think personally there might need to be a clean out of your deadwood and you'll know who your deadwood is players that aren't adding value you know we were speaking about ox you know you spoke about ox is that someone who's going to carry you forward you know guys yeah. that have injuries you know guys that are a matip that possibly always injured the cater you know some of these players yes they're quality on their day but can you maybe replace them with players that are consistently fit Reliable. consistently giving you an eight out of ten every game um, I mean, you got Shakiri, you got Rigi. There's, yes, there's a long list yeah, of. Unfortunately, a, everyone is playing second string to the first eleven. Yeah. Their chances of staying within the squad, I think, now becomes so, put in the spotlight because they are getting chances. You got to find. Can you that 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 second eleven that you have, or the second eight that you have on the bench? Can you find better players to replace them? Because mm. right now, your depth has proven that it's not good enough. In comparison mm. not, to the rest, it's, of it's the not league. good enough. Also, for the way in which Klopp wants to play. Sure, yep. Mm. Sure. I think yeah. the, also the, the thing with Liverpool is that it's got, let's say, 15 players. That's what it's got. It's got 15 players when they're offered. This is the 15 players that I'll use. Um, and this is the 15 players that won me the league, essentially. You know, uh, But then so many injuries where what happens to the other, the other players? You need to now bring in the other players to be that, that, that those players you can know, okay, off the bench, I'm going to add, you know, substitutions. Cool. Thiago and Jota came in. Thiago, obviously, the injury at the beginning of the season, COVID didn't help. Jota played well, injury now as well. So I think, obviously, yes, you know, the, the, those factors do play a part in terms of, you know, um, the, the the injuries, and it's it's been unfortunate. But yeah, you know, as we're saying, the deadwood needs to to improve. You know, the, the the bench options need to improve. You know, you look at Man City's bench, guys. You know, man, Riyad Mahrez is there. He's available. Ferran Torres is there. He's available. You know, I mean, even a Fernandinho. Um, you know, he's old, but he can do some some serious work. Nathan Ake is available. You know, Laporte is available. You know what I mean? All these players that they have, you know, uh, available on the bench are international starters for, 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 for some of the best nations in the world. And Liverpool's bench players, um, Divock Origi can't even get into a Belgium, Belgium squad. You know, I don't think that's the type of player you need to have on the bench. You need to have someone at least who can at least contribute, um, you know, 10 goals in the season um, as, a, as a second option, um, yeah. you know, second striker. Or you need to get someone who's going to compete consistently with Firmino and then Firmino might be the bench player and the impact player, you know, because Firmino still does have good qualities. It's just obviously, it's unfortunate that it's it's a high, it's highlighted more this season because the rest of the team is not doing well. So it's kind of, you've put a focus on him, whereas last season he didn't score as many, but he still contributed in other facets. So now this season, He's probably still going to probably do similar numbers to last season, but now you're going to it's highlighted more because the other team, the rest of the team's not firing. Yeah, oh. and I also I wonder, and I know I've mentioned the fans, but I wonder like from the fact that they've won the league after the study OH, all this sort of emphasis build up on it, and now you know you've stripped away that sort of opportunity to even celebrate with them afterwards. They haven't. They've obviously thought something was going to happen post the season and it hasn't come there. They haven't been oh, able to celebrate it like they would. You've got Genie Van Halden who's probably going to leave end of the season and he hasn't had that. He's won the league and he hasn't had the opportunity to celebrate it with the fans. And also another player who gets the raw end of the stick, in my opinion. He was one of our better midfielders on the, on the weekend, yet everyone is go, having a go at him instead of talking about Thiago. And for me, that, uh, that blows my mind. But anyway, a whole bunch of issues there. <laughs> um, I think and the next game it doesn't get better the next game's Leicester City but on that note guys final thoughts before we end this 
Good mm. luck to Man United against West Ham tonight. Guys, how, how did how did Tottenham get Harry Kane back so quickly? COVID vaccine. COVID vaccine. Shut up, guys. Like, <laughs> and, 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 he, and he always has he always has ankle injuries, but the guy's back after missing just two games. I couldn't believe it. I when he's 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 starting, I'm like, and then I also see Vardy's back. These guys just like had like they just snapped the fingers and these guys just but ankles two, though, Celo, but ankles, ankles you can I always when I used to play. Jeez, dude, I used to roll my ankle every other time. I just strap yeah, it. You, and yeah, I always yeah. found it funny. I always found it funny where like guys were like, Oh, my ankles, whatever, and they'd be out for X. And my I'd have like a tennis ball for an ankle, but I'll just strap it up and play because you get used to it. And I think that's True. one of the fortunate things about it being an ankle. So if, if you're a player like Harry Kane and you want to and you need to, not want to, you need to qualify for Champions League, I think enduring a little bit of pain and earning the amount you're earning is the least you could do for your football club. So that's an ankle. Look, I don't know how serious it was, but that that's how that's my opinion of ankles. I just it's not, no, but at the same not. time, you can get through it. You can get through it. No, true. You can, you can, you can, you can definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just I I I I was just like very shocked that he, that, that he was back. You know, I mean, I think, you know, sometimes you just say, I mean, he's just got an ankle sprain. He'll miss the next game, you know, and you'll be back for the next yeah. I thought if they said that, that's cool. But they made it seem like this guy's out. He still needs to get fixed and everything. And he still needs, yeah. he still needs to heal and do some rehab. He's going to be out for six weeks. That's what I thought. Boom, this guy's out yeah, for two games only, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was quite surprising. But it'll be good for Spurs. I um, mean, the race for top four is going to be hot this season, guys. Man United, Leicester, Liverpool. Um, Chelsea, Spurs, Everton. Everton you even 16. got technically Aston Villa with two games in hand uh, on 35 points. Yeah. Technically speaking, those, those six teams, you need to get three out of them, and it's difficult. Yeah, no, 100%. Man. Also, going back to the Harry Kane sort of injury, there's no ways. Uh, Harry Murillo went and he was like, listen, whatever medical staff, you make sure. I've I've spoken to this player and I've convinced him he's going to play. You do whatever it takes to get him on that field because there's no way he can afford to drop three losses in a row and then they win. 100%. Like imagine Mourinho losing four losses. There was no way that was going to happen. And so yeah, this, yeah, this midweek game for the for the for the FA Cup, bench him. Don't even play him. Touch, don't even touch yeah. him. Man City, Man City coming up on the weekend and then he'll be fit again and then maybe the Man City can finally lose. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> right, yes. And that pretty much concludes the show for today. Thank you for tuning in, everyone who did stick with us and stay till the end. Jason, you're helping our community grow, man. Like the thing at the bottom says here, subscribe. Jason's here to keep you company. And I don't know why you don't have more friends, really, Jason. Just speak to people. <laughs> Not, yeah, thanks a lot, everyone who tuned in. Yes, yeah. Yes. Sure, thanks a lot, Jason. Check you. <laughs> oh, ending broadcast.